This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the full go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Just, you know, watching the NFL draft. Huh? How's your your Friday been? Uh, It's been okay so far. Got a chance to um, jump out to a uh, day party event, the annual ditch day party here in the city of Chicago. Uh, It's a secret location. People who have jobs ditch them and <laughs> and go <laughs> hang out for the day. It was good, you know. Got a chance to see some uh, some of my industry mates who will who will go unnamed, you know, to protect the innocent. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good to get outside, see a couple of people. Uh, you know, first couple of days after this the season ends, yeah, trying to figure out what your life is and what your rhythm is. Yeah, right now it's like, what do I do now? Right, right. right. <laughs> I woke up today. I was like, "Man, besides Call of Duty, what do I have to?" Do? Oh yeah, gotta gotta get the pod on. You know what I mean? Gotta get the pod going. What is this episode ninety six? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Oh, oh, I lied to the people. I lied to the people. Welcome into episode ninety seven 
of a full goal podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. Yeah, you heard it. I was outside amongst people today, out there in Wrigleyville, right, while the Cubs are in Milwaukee. Uh, Wrigleyville was still alive. Good to see a lot of my people at the uh, the Ditch Day party, if you were there. You know, hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Shout out to Deuces Sports Bar out there in Wrigleyville. Um, it's always funny to see uh, that many black people be in one place in Wrigleyville. <laughs> you can tell you gonna tell the patrons like, <laughs> like, hey guys, we're gonna we're gonna need more Duce. Uh, <laughs> send these crates of Jameson back. <laughs> send all the good scotch back. <laughs> we need Duce. <laughs> We need Moet. <laughs> we need Hennessy. Okay, that's all these fellas are going to be drinking this evening. But no, nah, it was it was good to uh, be out and about with the peeps. You know, I've been watching NFL drafts now um, since I was a child. Right, going back to the early '90s when it was uh, lesser, a lesser TV event, but to me, a bigger TV event. Because it was nothing like sitting down and, and and just looking at the TV and looking at your moms and be like, "Hey, mom." Uh, from about 11 a.m. to about 8 p.m. I'm gonna be right here, okay? So yeah, I missed that. You, I missed when it was a it, whole day. Dude, you just sit in front of your couch the whole day and just, just like, nerd, all right, yeah, nerd the fuck out the entire. Yeah. Hey, it was so bad as a kid. I used to write down each name in my notepad because I would buy the magazines. I'd buy all the magazines and get into so it. So before the Athlon magazine came out. Before that one came out, right? Because I go buy the Athlon at the Walgreens or, you know, this is before CVS popped up. But I go buy the Athlon at the Walgreens so I could put the uh, rosters, uh, upload the rosters for my NCAA football team. You know, NCAA football, the, the EA sports game. Yep. Uh, you know, shout out to Ed O'Bannon for that thing ended. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, I used to do that. And then what would happen was, you know, for Madden back in the days, like 91, 92, when it was just like, you know, QB 12 and all that other stuff, you know, you'd be like, all right, this is a rookie. This is a guy. This is that guy. So it was, you know, if, uh, unite nerds. If you're listening to this right now and you want to nerd out with me, like, oh, I used to do the same nerd shit. You can scream it as loud as you possibly can. All right. Because we won. The nerds won. All right, you look at you look at all the cool kids who 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 peaked at age 12, 13, 14. Yeah, guess what we doing now? Yeah, sir, you know, have my car out front. That that that's what that's how we talking to them. And 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 shout out to all my By the way, I I discontinued the the shout outs last pod. So, shout out to all my valets out there. Shout out to all my truck drivers. You feel me? Shout out to all the mail people. Right. Shout out to all the streets and sanitations people riding around here. Hey, shout out because y'all know I keep it funky with y'all. Shout out to the boot man. Ooh, we your boy got booted two days ago. Yeah. Had a, had a, two outstanding tickets from a year ago that I thought uh, were taken off my record because I challenged them. Come to find out they weren't taken off my record and they've been chilling for a year now, rolling over and over and over and over and over again. So shout out to the $1,400 that I had to come up with when I had to go up on Pulaski or whatever the hell I had to go up on and, and, and show my ugly face. And, and there's nothing like being in the DMV when you're not supposed to be in the DMV because anytime, because I'm not, yo, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Anytime that this has happened to me, I've been booted a couple of times in my life. Don't ever get it twisted. I take the, I take the tickets and ribbity rip 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 rip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> catch me if you can, and they catch me. They 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 end up they end up catching me, but it's all good, you know. But shout out to going into an establishment and you get in the side eye like, hey man, what the hell is he doing here? 
doesn't he have enough money to pay his ticket? Stay out my goddamn business, all right? That's, that's why you're whispering around me. Stay out my business, okay? Yes, I do. And yes, I'm irresponsible at times, okay? So when tickets come to the crib, they don't get open, all right? Yes, you can say whatever you want about me as an irresponsible human being, which I'm sure Anthony Heron, when he joins us, will, um, will, will, will further back up. But I've been watching drafts for 30-plus years and writing the names down as a kid, you know, making sure that the teams I liked outside the Bears, I kept up with their draft picks. And as, the, as time has gone on, the draft is kind of lessened for me. I don't have to watch all of it. And I tell myself that. And then the draft rolls around and I watch every damn pick because I'm trying to get caught up and I feel like yeah, I'm going to miss something. And I, I my, shout out to my fellow guys and girls out there in the industry who, you know, just take a look at the paper the day after and be like, oh, yeah, that guy went there, that guy went there. No, 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 not me. I want to know how a guy is sliding. I want to know what his family is looking like. I can look at a family background and tell you who's going to jail. I can tell you that already. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you who's going to be broke. I can tell you who's going to, you know, who's going to mess around and find a Sierra. Yeah, shout out to all you girlfriends <laughs> on these couches hugging the old dude for the last time on a draft night because it's about to get real for y'all, okay? I enjoy watching the draft, and I am here to admit it. I'm one of the few people, well, it's many now because they wouldn't be having it in Vegas and doing it like three different nights if there wasn't a lot of people watching it, right? Like, they put the content out there, and people, people yearn for football, People need football in their blood at all times, right? It's the, it's the national pastime. But all the draft for me is is being educated by people who watch these dudes. Because I'm, you know what I hate? I hate these dudes who come on, and these guys and girls, by the way, because ladies do it as well. I hate these guys who come on and act like they've watched every single snap of every single player of uh, in the draft. It's just, it's not possible. It's not possible. So... I don't pretend like I could do that. I will never pretend like I can do that. Yes, I watch my fair share of college football, but I don't watch it with the keen eye that some of the observers who I, uh, you know, ask to come on the show or text on the side, I'm like, all right, tell me about this guy, tell me about that guy. So as you're listening to this, just know that 95% of the people out here running around did not watch most of the players that you are out here thinking that it's going to change the fate of your team. And then the other 5% are here to educate you. And that's what I do. I try to reach out to the other 5%. But I, I tried to break my streak of watching every pick of the first round, like the nerd that, that was, you know, in Evanston back in 1992, and it has not changed. I will continue to watch every pick of the first round. I don't care which local team is playing. I don't care which playoff game. Hey, Anthony Edwards, John Morant, y'all going to have to wait. Because I need to see a person from the University of Tennis, the Texas San Antonio being drafted. You know what I mean? Like, I need to see, the, I need to find out who Jaquan Brisker really is, right? Like, these are the things that haunt my soul as I'm sitting around on a Friday night. So, when we come back from a quick timeout, we'll have my main man, Anthony Heron, break down uh, some of these picks because I know Bears fans are feeling like I am feeling, judging from the social media reaction, and we can all. You know, we all know that social media is the place that we go for a measured and tempered response on all things sports, right? So judging from the reaction on social media, um, apparently Ryan Poles should be fired as well. So when we come back, we're going to find out from Anthony Heron how long it's going to take for Bears fans to um, unfire Ryan Poles. And then when we get to training camp, fire him again because one of these players is going to be hurt. So when we come back from a quick timeout, we'll have one of the finest college football and 
NFL football, for that matter, analysts, not only in the city, but I believe in the damn country. Big Ant Heron will join us right here on the Full Go Podcast. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Garth. Growing up looking kitchen, you got behind you, man. Oh, here we go with the bullshit. Here hey, we go. man. You, 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 you and like Kendall. <laughs> you, and, you, and, you and fucking Kendall. You know, it's like I get away from one of y'all and, and, and the other one just like, you just more. Oh, you, you, you was fucking with Jay for like a couple years straight? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the mantle for you. <laughs> you, got, you, know I mean? you got some nourishment behind you, like some fruits and vegetables. You got like a, a real refrigerator over there, like a water filter. Yeah, what a difference Probably. a year makes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last time you saw me, you just saw a brown background and brick. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I got stools that get put up like we had a bar because the robot right. got a vacuum on the floor. You know That's what I mean? Right, these, these are, this is the life that I'm living nowadays. But what did you do and, with uh, Marta or whatever he was? Oh, shout out to Marta. Shout out to Marta. Yes. Marta Marta came through. Marta came through uh, on Thursday, right. hooked us All up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Gave gave that gave it that spring cleaning bonus, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Had to make sure the pastels is all color coded, right. you know. She yeah. she she does her thing. She does her thing. Uh, but that's not why you call some folks overseas. She, oh, she got hey, overseas, uh, domestically. Uh, okay? like, uh, listen, listen, I have uh I have inquired uh, and, and learned about all of Marcus' yeah. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's always like an extra cousin born right around, you know, right. the end of the, the cleaning, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, mm. I guess another $20 for your man, Sergey, will do, I guess. You know yeah, Sergey probably <laughs> take up arms and go defend <laughs> homeland, man. You know, you got to protect your people. <laughs> Sergey, three blocks down in a $3,000 a month apartment. They ain't going to buy you a lot of beat. Stop playing with me. Anthony Heron is the voice that you are hearing right now. Um, he is, you know, he's everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, locally here in Chicago on 670 The Score, also on Fox Television here. Uh, Big Ten Radio, Sirius XM. Uh, you're still doing the Pac-12 thing, right? And, and this is why I need you, Ant. Not only because you're a scholar and a gentleman, but you watch an amount of football that most people don't. and I'm tired of going to people who don't watch football to answer football questions. And I know that may, you know, I'm discriminating and, you know, I don't want to be the, where'd you play your ball guy. But when it comes <laughs> down to it on nights like tonight, when the Bears are picking uh, several players, so we'll get into, uh, I need your help. Um, the NFL draft is a spectacle uh, from the clothes to the families to brothers walking the wrong way to, you know, the chains <laughs> to the to to Nicobe Dean's brunch hat getting undrafted in the first round. Like, you think that's why he fell? Was it the outfit? Like, it was a little too much pink? I mean, hey, so you, yeah. you have some reaction to your attire on occasion. Do you think you just... You, I was about to say, you know who you're talking to. You know, he ain't, ain't never too much paint. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have, he could have went, he could have went top to bottom. Yeah, I like the, 
I like I like the tango and cash kind of gun holster <laughs> thing that he had going on over the suit and everything. But that's a it's a tough look, man. When you mm. when you slide down the draft board like that, when when you see a guy sliding like a, a Nicobe Dean or like a Jeremiah Johnson, uh, I was talking to our guy Matt Miller about this and, and and character issues and all the other and injuries and red flags that come up for NFL teams. You know, fifteen. 20 years ago, red flags were different than they are now. And Matt brought up the fact that, you know, there's pharmaceuticals, there's therapists, there's a lot of things that NFL teams employ in terms of support and uh, support system and trying to get guys um, to be them, their best selves, get a little ROI on some of these guys. Um, when you see guys fall down a board and it's because of injury, right? Let's not even get to the the, the character issues because we'll talk about George Pickens, but it's because of injuries. Uh, you don't get healthier in the league, right? So what what are the values that you see when, okay, this guy might be hurt. We might not have him for a while, but we can we can get at least one contract out of him. Like, do, do NFL GMs and scouts talk like that? Or is it like, all right, this guy's too hurt and we don't know what we're going to get out of him, so let's not risk it. It, it often just depends on the, the severity of the injury concern. When you have a guy who spent the bulk of his career injured, I mean, I'm frankly speaking from personal experience, like I, I literally went into draft week and I, I ended up being an undrafted free agent, as you know, but I went into draft week and I actually got a call from, you know, the, the scouts would just call just to get, you know, your contact information and all that beforehand anyway. And one of the teams that called me was the New York Giants. The scout from the Giants had called to confirm my contact info literally like two days before the draft started, give them, and I just got my cell phone. It, you know, it was 2001. Yeah, everybody didn't have a cell back then. I just got my cell phone. So I gave my parents' home number and I gave my cell number. And then towards the end, before we hung up, you know, the guy I had a little rapport with him. Like, hey, so, you know, what y'all thinking about that? Thinking? Right, say, well, right. you know, I, I can't get in. And this is when the draft was still two days at that point, you know, rounds one through three on day one, rounds four through seven, day two. He said, well, you know, I can't get too specific with it, but I mean, we're thinking more day one than day two. So just be, be ready. Be by the phone. All right. So what I needed to hear. Okay. And up to that point, you know, my agent had been telling me he was hearing and do a little, you know, printed out reports and stuff we were getting having, maybe mid-round, fourth, fifth or whatever. Definitely thought I was getting drafted. Definitely didn't think it was going to be like seventh round or anything. That was everything I've been hearing beforehand. And then draft comes and getting some phone calls from some teams, like, you know, showing some interest. But then by the end of it, it's, you know, all these medical red flags that I had from a variety of back problems, knee problems that I had, a shoulder injury I had going in, a senior play season, you know, I didn't miss any games in college, but I was always banged up. And I had a bunch of MRIs, x-rays, everything else. So I was just a big medical red flag for a bunch of folks. So I went from, Literally a team telling me I was going to be a third round pick to I went undrafted. And, you know, that is that's how this weekend can go for a number of guys. And it, it happens to be Kobe Dean was the most prominent one that that's been happening to in this draft cycle right now. Everyone's been watching it play out. And the thing is, you know, even folks I've been texting with about it. I mean, yeah, the, the whole pectoral thing is a problem. But I mean, just every scout that I've texted asking about Nicole Dean throughout the evening is just shocked because it doesn't. It doesn't seem like the medical red flags are that drastic on him by comparison to the elite nature of his game. I mean, when he's on the field and healthy, which he has been a bunch throughout his collegiate career, he looks like the best inside linebacker in this draft. And for whatever reason, man, folks have just really been scared off by it. And it's 
it, it caught a whole lot. Of, it's caught everyone off guard. Yeah. That Georgia defense, uh, everybody undoubtedly, undeniably, he was the leader of that defense. Right, and right. throughout the season, it was like, okay, this is the best player on the defense. Kind of, it, it, you know, it's felt like it's felt like the, uh, the Illini, the year that they had D, uh, D Brown, Darren mm-hmm. Williams, and Luther Head, where it's <laughs> like, oh, D Brown's the one man fast break. That's the national player of the year. Uh-huh. Head's the athletic dude. And then you got the pudgy kid from the mission in, 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 in Texas who went to school with Bracey Wright. And the only reason <laughs> they recruited him is because they went down there to look at Bracey Wright. And, you know, lo and behold, 15 years later, one of those guys made $185 million in the NBA. Like, you're looking at all these other dudes on that Georgia defense, and they're terrific. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. Jordan Davis and all these cats, and the, the safety that went at the end of the the, the, the first round. Um, is that defense, are we going to look back on that defense? Hell, they were looking at it during their run as maybe yeah. one of the greatest defenses of all time. I look back at that Miami defense that had, what, a 10, 11, you know, uh, first-round guys eventually on that side of the football. Mm-hmm. Is, was that defense one for the ages? Is that something that we're going to talk about a lot from here on out as far as looking at this draft and looking at the six guys they had off that defense going the first round? Yes, and part of it would be built off the, the lineage that was there in college, I, I'm, I was far more impressed by just the film of Georgia's front seven than I was their secondary. But that front seven is going to be, you know, several guys who will get to that second contract in big paydays, including N'Kobe Dean. You know, it's good that he finally did get picked by the Eagles. But, you know, there, there's going to be guys who play for a long time in that front seven. The secondary, at least from a collegiate standpoint, I wasn't as blown away by, by their guys on the back end. But just from a, you know, and like you referenced, uh, even the Miami team 20 years ago, those guys who didn't do as well professionally, but, you know, just a bunch of guys that got drafted. So from a college perspective, yeah, that Georgia defense is going to be one that we look back on and just think that's that's what led them to a national championship because Stetson Bennett, damn sure wasn't the reason that they got there. So I think through that context with the with the run game, with the offensive line, and with the fact that they, they have a quarterback who folks don't regard that highly, that even boosts up. You know, think about the Baltimore Ravens, 85 Bears. When you have such a mediocre offense, especially in modern football, it just enhances that much more than the level of respect we have for what they had available on D, and that's part of what played out in the draft here. That's, uh, that's Governor Stetson Bennett to you, ah, my friend, ah, because yes, of that man you that man can run for anything he wants uh-huh. as soon as his day is over in Athens. <laughs> J- JT Daniels was like, you, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> like having JT Daniels, JT Daniels, JT Daniels sitting there looking at the SEC defense is like, y'all bullshitting me or what? Like this is <laughs> this is what this is what passes over here. You know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> Gone. And I mean, you know, and he, he went through that at USC, man. He got yeah, he hurt, did. left the lineup briefly, and then somebody else just came in balling out. And he said, I'm not waiting for this. When I, I talked to JT Daniels when he was coming out of high school, man, he played that All-American Bowl in that yep. call. And he was one of these guys who did the, the whole reclassified thing. And he's been on this path, you know, this entire time, like from middle school to high school, where he just knew I, I'm on this pro trajectory and I have these benchmarks I want to hit at every stop. So if there's anything that's derailing one of those benchmarks, like, man, well, I'd rather get to USC a year earlier. I'm going to reclassify. Well, you want me to sit the bench behind this dude? I think I'm better than that. Nope, I'm gone. Now the same thing again at Georgia. And the thing is, he's got game. Yes. He's going to be drafted at some point, man. He just, you know, he's got to be healthy and start for a full season before he does it. 
Right. John David Booty on the phone like, hey, man, I understand, bro. Mm-hmm. I, 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 no I, I can dig it. I, no I, I can dig it. All right. Let's get to what we got to get to. <laughs> <laughs> so is it possible for me to uh, hate a draft and like it at the same time? Because <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Because you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not all right in the head. So and, and you're used to this. So you're going you're gonna to be one of the four people who understand what I'm trying to get to with this. So I'm not mad. At mm. Kyler Gordon. I'm here to get Kyler Gordon information from you, right? Yep. Yep. I'm not mad at Jaquan Brisker. <laughs> I'm here to get Jaquan Brisker information from <laughs> The Valus Jones pick, I'm just happy that they got a fast person, right? With this feed. With this feed. But, you know, if I'm Justin Fields, right. I'm, I'm right. looking around like, hey, you... you you know you can find someone to slow the other side of the ball down, right? You, yeah. you know this ain't the 90s anymore. Like, we we got to score. And, uh, and, and, and the clock has already started. These people are already getting ready to hate me. They're getting ready yep. to turn on me, right? Because yep. the, 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 the thin layer of armor known as Matt Nagy <laughs> and Ryan Pace are out of here. So Justin Fields, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm not smiling anymore than I usually do on the bench. So can, can we... Like, I sat there for 30 years now, and I have watched Bears drafts. It's just like watching the NFL games where you watch a Bears game and then you, like, watch another game and be like, all right, that's, that's what they're doing in the NFL, right? I have watched 30 Bears drafts in a row and felt like maybe two times. I, there was, I was like, you know who they should draft? And they was like, you know what, Jay? We're going to draft that person for you. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there. They got me pining for the light-skinned brother out of Western Michigan. What's this with the two white? Sky Moore. Sky Moore, you know, yep. George Pickens. I'm reading all about his issues right. off the field. I'm like, bring it on. You know hey, that that <laughs> like, flag is only so red. I'll take it. Yeah, right? Hey, we ain't been in the news for a demon wide receiver in about a good six, seven years. (laughs) Like, it's time. You know what I mean? You spin the the demon wheel, you get one every (laughs) once in a while. Man, like, it's uh, the slot corner and the safety. Listen, DeAndre Houston Carson, probably a backup, really Mm -hmm. good special teams player, really good depth guy. I understand Kenny Moore in Indianapolis is what they're trying to probably replicate, if I'm not wrong, with Kyler Gordon. But, bro, like, you ain't getting Justin Fields' <laughs> real help later on yeah, in these drafts right. unless you you find something because you, you could find something. This whole Darnell Mooney thing, like, hey, you know Darnell Mooney was a fifth <laughs> round. Yes, yes, we know. Yes, we know. Yes, and that's also why Darnell Mooney isn't a number one wide receiver right exactly. now. He may be. Exactly. He may be, right? But, man, the second round, I'm seven of the last eight leading receivers in the NFL, like, the guys who have led the league in, 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 in receiving yards over the last seven to eight years have all come in the second round. Ooh. Like, that's where pass catchers are plucked. And when the second round's got two chances at it, right? Dog. Right. I, I could be wrong. Kyler Gordon could be an all pro player, and I will be happy as a Bears fan. Um, uh, and frankly, that, that doesn't make you wrong if he is, though, because it doesn't change the needs on offense. Right. Like, I think right. both guys, I, I, I like both DB picks. I think both guys are not, 
frankly, not just because they, they have such needs at those spots at corner and safety, but also the fact that both guys are legitimately good players. I mean, they just, right. you know, I, I've seen them both play covering the Pac-12, covering the Big Ten, but even just texting with a few friends, like about Kyler Gordon, you know, about the, the athleticism. He plays, plays stronger, plays faster than, than his times would indicate. Extremely intelligent guy, very smart, tough, instinctive. You know, so even guys around the scouting community just loving that. And Washington's program has been one of the one of the more frequent producers of of DBs into the league over about the past like seven years now. Man, like they got guys who go there who cover at a high level, who are physical, just like they're all around game, ball skills, cover skills, understanding a variety of coverage responsibilities, coming up smacking guys in the run game, like sure tackling Jimmy Lake. They found out really quickly he wasn't going to work out as a head coach, but as a DB coach and then co-defensive coordinator, like there's a reason he got promoted in that regard because of how elite the secondaries he kept putting together season over season were in Washington. When they won the Pac-12, went to the college football playoff, yeah, they had John Ross III, but that was really kind of their only elite offensive weapon and the only elite offensive season they produced. But they kept competing for championships because of that second because of what they're doing on the back end on defense. So this is just Kyler Gore's the latest in that crew. Jaquan Brisker, a part of the best every Penn State writer I had on throughout this past season, asking them about that secondary. You know the history of Penn State football, especially on defense. Yes, linebacker, you, but they said this was the deepest secondary in the history of Penn State football. Several players who were on their way to the National Football League and that Jaquan Brisker was the best of that crew. Now, you know, we'll see what, what ends up happening with, uh, with Joey Porter Jr., but that's not this cycle. That's going to be the following cycle. But, you know, we're talking about a secondary that just has a bunch of guys in it, and Brisker was the leader of that crew. So you got two guys who are legitimate players who would start right away for a bunch of teams around the league at two positions of need for the Bears because they're depleted secondary. All that being said, if they both turn into Hall of Famers, I guess that's one thing. But they'll both likely, in my opinion, be quality players. But you are still in the midst of this, this second year of Justin Fields' evaluation. And that's what makes it different. It'd be one thing if Fields were a rookie right there on the front end of a rebuild overall and pejorative term or whatever else. They don't want to call it a rebuild. I get that. Nobody wants to use the word rebuild. But everybody in the midst of a rebuild, this is what a rebuild looks like. And so Justin Fields is in the midst of that and right there in year two of it as opposed to year one. So there are expectations on him, expectations on this team because he's in year two. And so his evaluation clock is already rolling. So that, that's a balance right now that I think still has to be struck. You can't go to the season with this dearth of playmakers around Fields on offense. That's where, you know, the whole Bayless Jones thinks it, it, it's at least something. It's usable. There were other guys that were still on the board, like a, a David Bell from Purdue, who is definitively a better receiver than Valus Jones. But as far as being able to make an immediate impact in the Bears situation, you got a guy who's going to be a high-level return specialist, who's going to be a high-level kick cover guy, and can be that safety valve type player, like an extension of the run game. Debo samuel Light kind of thing, like we saw in San Francisco using Debo for the last couple of seasons. Valus Jones is capable of that right off the bat because of his abilities after the catch. So there, there are roles for these individuals, but you're still going to end up in situations where you just got to drop back and throw the football. They don't have a lot of weaponry that's just going to be really effective in receiving the ball from fields. And now we're, we're through three rounds of the draft. Yeah, yeah. And now it, it's got me wondering too, 
How much of their guy is Justin Fields? Like, you get yourself a certain amount of leash because it's somebody else's guy. Mm-hmm. You can bounce around maybe for a couple of years, see how it pans out. If it doesn't, you move on. And then the clock kind of starts on your tenure. Um, putting guys around somebody that you may not think is the guy. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that there's like schadenfreude going on here at all, right? But right. It, right. It, it makes me, like, if, if we're talking about the most important thing, and that's what's said at the introductory press conference, is making sure that this guy um, finds his level, no matter what. You know, if he's average, above average, good, great, whatever the case may be, putting as many things around him to make sure that you find that out as quickly as possible. Um, now, I'll ask you this. In this modern-day NFL, what's harder? Is it harder to build a defense made to stop these offenses that are running around? Or is it tougher to maintain that level that we haven't seen offensively uh, with this team in you know half a decade plus? Well, I think we got to... We got to remember where all this newness in in the Bears' leadership. All you know, they, they all come from previous spots where they've been watching other people run the show. You know, Ryan Poles as a first time GM, Matt Eberflus as a first time head coach, Luke Getzey as a first time offensive coordinator and play caller. And so, all the the influence and the communication about how things are playing out, what they will need to be effective as a team, as a whole, from a macro perspective, but then even with Getsy on an offense. So all those things have their, their previous stops, their previous destinations, their previous influences that inform how they're handling things right now. And you think about Luke Getsy, both times he was in Green Bay, both those stops, Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback, and they didn't spend a whole lot of resources surrounding him with elite-level talent or having, you know, it's been a discussion for years now, in evaluating the Green Bay drafts, not getting him early draft pick talent at receiver, but between Rodgers' acumen for it, you know, one of the all-time greats, and the way they operated in that system, they still found a way to get it done. The offense was never bad in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers was on the field. I think it's an unfair way to judge whether or not Justin Fields needs players, needs playmakers, needs talent. He's done by the second-year quarterback who's not yet Aaron Rodgers. So we'll... We'll see, but that that's what informs Luke Getz's approach to my estimation is likely saying we we need guys who suit our our system, who suit our personality. We don't necessarily have to get, especially with the the limited draft capital they have right now. I would imagine my impression is Luke Getz is going in and saying, we, you know, our system will make this work. We'll move the ball, we'll score points without feeling like we gotta expend a bunch of financial resources with some of the big name trades going on or a bunch of early draft capital, just go ahead and, and fill out the roster and then we'll figure it out on offense. I believe that's part of what informs this. But what surprised me a little bit was, because you know one thing that happened with Kansas City where Ryan Poles, and his, his approach is informed by, of course, that the Chiefs didn't mind taking guys with some of those character flaws that like we were talking about a few minutes ago. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. There's guys yeah. who folks passed on, who folks were worried about signing. You know, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's other teams who, didn't necessarily want some of those Chiefs individuals around. Now they are, you know, one of the marquee franchises in the NFL, already got a Super Bowl ring, likely going to get some more. And of course, they, they got the star star their quarterback. But, you know, they ain't doing it alone. There's a whole lot of the playmakers out there that have been getting it done with Patrick Mahomes. And they they weren't all, you know, of, of the pristine nature. You know, they, they ran afoul of some rules here and there. So I'm, you know, I'm curious how that will inform the remainder of the draft also. We've obviously seen 
guys from Georgia, a couple of different receivers from Georgia, you know, who predated uh, George Pickens, who you know, the Bears ran out of town because they just they, they couldn't keep their nose clean on the field. Uh, so I'll be curious about that with Ryan Poles, just how, how much of, of what, whatever the McCaskey family, either the Bears brass on top, whatever character concerns there might be, how does he handle that within the draft? So far, it seems like the three guys the Bears have taken, that it's guys who, who sort of fit, you know, a little bit of, and that's not a bad thing. We have guys who, who don't have any of those red flags or off-field concerns. That's cool. Certainly elite physical traits, you know, from Avalis Jones. Neither one of the DBs is amongst elite, elite here athletically. Both are good, but not elite athletes for their position. Bayless Jones is an elite athlete for his position, but not necessarily an elite performer as a receiver. So it's an interesting balance for what they've been doing so far, just from a, a traits and an identity perspective. From the uh, depth standpoint with COVID and a lot of kids having to opt out and, um, you know, Matt Miller said this is the deepest draft in NFL history because you've got two classes pretty much of kids who were forced into this year's draft uh, because of all the things that happened the last couple of years uh, due to COVID. Um, you know, uh, you yourself, undrafted free agent. Uh, is, is there hay to make, not just in the later rounds, you know, after second and third, but uh, in the undrafted free agent market? Is that where we're going to find out? Because I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, we talk a lot about first round picks with a lot of these GMs, but we all know, you know, second through five is where the core and the crust of your team is made. Hopefully you get a couple of stars, um, but you need to get starters. You need to get guys who are going to contribute. Uh, do, do you see the depth in this draft that, that other people are talking about and where might the Bears still have to go uh, after rounds two and three? I do. I definitely see it. Um, we know how much Matt Eberflus from his, his previous stops to the way he's described things, how much he loves the, the guys in the defensive front seven. You, you can get defensive linemen who can be contributors for you in the later rounds, in the mid to late rounds of this draft. So that'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. Ryan Poles talked a lot about the potential for trading back. I'm frankly glad that he didn't, especially with the second round, because the Bears are in a position right now where their roster is so devoid of talent. There, there was like, it came in and drafted almost like 30 slots that still needed to be filled by training camp. There's a lot of bodies that they just need to be able to take the field and practice by the time they get to training camp. And you don't want to be waiting until like the week before camp before you fill some of those additional roster slots out. You have multiple mini camps between now and the time you actually get to the legitimate preseason training camp. You want to be able to start building continuity. So you want to fill this roster out as you get through this draft weekend, think whatever veterans you will end up signing after that, in addition to the undrafted free agents, you need bodies. And so the position the Bears are in, three more picks coming up tomorrow, and they're going to be in a spot right now where they pretty much everybody they draft, they have to hope will be a contributor for them. At, at the moment, you can view it and say the Bears likely have three starters. Now, Bayless Jones, if he's starting a receiver, they're probably in trouble, but he'll be a starting special teamer in theory, assuming hell. So you got two starting DBs, a starting special teamer, they probably will still need at least one more. And, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see, you know, if, if you get multiple other guys to, to be a key contributor for you with the picks that remain because they, they just don't have a lot of people on the roster right now. So they, they got to hit on a lot of these picks. And to the credit of the previous regime, that's one place, you know, would have been great if Ryan Pace hit on some of these earlier picks and he might still be employed at Hallis Hall right now. But he, he missed on the ones he had to hit on. But to his credit, you know, the Eddie Jacksons and 
there for a period of time. Tariq Cohen seemed like a future star. You know, we, we saw the mid to late rounds where Ryan Pace really had, you know, he made some hay with the draft. And that's where, you know, there's, there's the new leadership here, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, they're going to have to get that right. And you're the best in the business, my man. Always love talking to you. Uh, tell Bishop and Kelly I said hello. Always good to see you, my man. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the rest of this draft has to bring because we're, yeah. we're, we're done with the fancy suits and the, and the screaming mamas <laughs> in the background and, and the, the, the girlfriends who don't know that they've hugged their, their, their boyfriend for the last time the on last draft time, night. Yeah. <laughs> and they are not prepared to be trending. Every pick that's got a female next to it is going to be so-and-so draft pick girlfriend. There's a whole lot of searching that's going to be going on up there. I don't know if she's ready for it, hey. but she better be. Hey, uh, the the where are they now uh, edition? <laughs> I still need to know where CD Lamb's la- lady was from from the night of draft like three hey, years and, ago. I, and how I, quick I, that phone number got changed? No, one hundred percent, one hundred fifty thousand percent. My man, Big Ann Heron, uh, the, the the high school All American <laughs> game on NBC does stuff for Fox TV here locally. Of course, six seventy the score covers the Pac twelve like a blanket. Also, the Big Ten on Sirius XM. And always good to talk to you, man. Thank you, brother. Very appreciate you, my guy. Congratulations on those uh, calf muscles, by the way, that you're always flashing on TV in All Chicago, right. too, All man. Right. I love All it. right. I love All it. All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough out of him. We can we can now leave the Zoom meeting now. He's he's can't leave without being a bad guy. My main man, <laughs> Anthony Heron. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. The full goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 97 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, the NFL Draft Night Edition. want to thank our guest, Big Ant Heron. He is outstanding. If you ever want to follow him, I believe it's at Big Ant Heron, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am mistaken, that means you're just going to be following somebody else that I ain't talking about. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. All right, there it is. At Big Ant Heron, get his... uh his uh, melodious voice and all of, all of his musings and stylings at uh, 670 The Score, Fox TV here locally, and of course on Twitter and SiriusXM. He's got a bunch of gigs. He's really good at all of them. want to say thank you to our production staff, the always active Jesse Lopez, and of course the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for everything that you do with this pod. Downloading it, listening to it, subscribing it. Um, you know, subscribing to it, I should say, uh, sharing it, rating and reviewing it, all the things that you do. We are very, very appreciative of it. This has been the Full Go with Jason Gall, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify. As the gang, as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe.